When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? It's Catfish on Ice. Welcome in. Got plenty to talk about. Oh, and, of, and, of course, we've got Rich Howe back. I'm yeah. back. How long have you been gone, man? Like, what, two weeks, three I'm weeks now? One or two. two. Months, I don't two remember. Months, I don't three know. Months. How long have you been gone? I don't gone? know. I have literally been sick since the day before Thanksgiving. And it's just, uh, yeah, I sound like Barry White a little bit. But other than that, I'm, I'm good. And guess what? Just like the rest of the uh, Predators hockey team, you got to battle through the injuries. You got to battle Absolutely. through it. Absolutely. I'm feeling. Episode. I'm feeling pretty good. Unlike the Columbus Blue Jackets fans, probably right now. Oh. Getting torched. Um, How are you gonna bring that up, man? That's I that's know, wrong. Man. For Ooh. the one for the one Blue Jackets fan that might listen to this podcast, <laughs> you just really, you really just. Dug a stake into their heart right now. What sure. what is the score in that game right now? Well, it's 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 over right now. It, it finished. It, it wound up being nine to four. Um, I was I was watching it. So the Blue Jackets scored six goals in the first period, and Tage Thompson had four of those six, and then he scored another one. He wound up with five of their nine goals. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> Which, good. It's insane. So it's speaking insane. speaking of which, you get you guys want to laugh a little bit. All right. So Catfish and Ice Fantasy Hockey League is very much alive and well. Uh, Rich, uh, try not to laugh too hard at me here. Um, going up against our co-host Kyle, who's going to be joining us here shortly. Kyle Perkins. Me and He's him were going. Me and him were going up against each against each other this past week. Yep. Um, it's a daily fantasy hockey league, so up until Sunday, you can make lineup decisions to try to win. And yep. um, me and Kyle were, were within like 10 points of each other, and uh, I was losing. And so I decided to make a last-day decision to try to win against Kyle, the defending, ch- the defending champion of the Catfish and Ice Fantasy Hockey League. And guess who I signed? Who's that? A certain Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> goaltender named <laughs> named Eunice Corposalo. Oh, and oh, um, I forgot poor. to take it. I I forgot to take him out of my lineup tonight. Oh, he, got, he had to come in in relief tonight of Merzlikens. No, it was the other way around. It was Corpusalo. the other way around. Really, Corposalo started. And he got lit up for four, and I think four in a row, and then they pulled him from Merzlikens, put him in, and then he started. He got torched too. But um, it says Corposalo gave up three goals on six three. Shots. Okay, so three on up. six shots yeah. faced for yeah. a yeah a negative five five point four sh- four points is what that I got out of a Corposalo. Yeah, so um, not yeah, a so great not a great way. So so last week, week. Um, I wanted to bring this up. 
Um, I have Connor McDavid, and I think we all remember I accidentally picked him. I actually wanted Austin Matthews, but I'm glad that uh, it worked out. But Connor McDavid got me 91 points last week. 91. One player. That's amazing. Yeah, Love there you go, man. Love it's it. a good league. It is it's close. It's it is close. It's very sure. close. But um, yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself right now for signing Corpusalo to my fantasy yeah. team. I, I gotta yeah. I can't drop him fast enough. Ah, for sure. Yeah, they're Columbus is in a world of hurt. So hey man, there's Mike Twitter. He's ready to talk some preds. Let's talk some preds. All right, yeah. we have plenty to get into, guy. Everybody. Justin's in here. He said, Who's that guy on the right? It's me. It's me. I'm back. They all missed you. We all missed you. Thank this you. Is episode one. This is episode 162 of Catfish on Ice, presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You see down at the bottom of the screen right there, promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about DraftKings Absolutely. later in the episode. Let's tell you what we're getting, getting into tonight on episode 162. Opening face-off. We got to mm-hmm. talk about the big news here. The first significant injury to their core mm. that the Predators have faced. And I got some blowback on this on Twitter when I said that because they said, what about Mark Borowiecki? That is a very fair response. He mm. is a very he is a very important core player. So I did say that is a fair response. But he is not a top-end depth chart type of player. Mm-mm. And quite frankly speaking – up until now, up until what, 23 games into the season now, Ryan McDonough is the first significant injury that the Predators have had to navigate through. Absolutely. So we're about to really find out what this team's made of because it happens to every team eventually. Just look at the Colorado Avalanche right now. Has oh, yeah. anyone seen what the defending Stanley Cup champions are going through right now? They are they, losing yeah. core player after core player left and right. So Yeah, they're actually on a two-game losing streak, and they are playing the Bruins tonight, so that's not – They just lost Nathan McKinnon for like probably oh, wow. a month. Probably a month. Wow. Let's get, Look who let's it is, Boyles. Kyle's in here. If I could not have to do emergency technical support <laughs> every time we go to record, that would be fantastic. It's going to happen, Crazy. man. It's going to happen eventually. Oh. Yeah, I – your camera was on the What fritz. is it? What is it, Kyle? Kyle, we're at episode 162. I think at episode 200, you won't have any more technical technological issues. If you wait till after tax time and I'm going to buy a bunch of new stuff. <laughs> there you go. That's all right. I can't even <laughs> speak right tonight. So it's not even technology for me. I'm just like following my words left and right. So it's um, all good. All right, Kyle. We're I was just telling Rich. Rich, welcome back, man. By the way, thank you. We've got the full crew back tonight, everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. And it feels everybody. so great. It feels so great to have the crew back. It, we have some awesome listeners commenting already on the episode. If you're new to the show, don't be shy. Get in on For this sure. episode because guess what? We're about to talk about a lot of really big topics right now affecting the Nashville Predators opening face-off is going to be about Ryan McDonough. We're going to cover some NHL trade rumblings that are going on around the, around the league. It's not just uh, directly affecting the Preds, but just a lot of big time players are mm-hmm. going to be moved. The NHL trade deadline this year is going to be very interesting, but 
it's going to happen way before that March trade deadline. Oh, and yeah. how, do the, how do the Predators fit into that? We've got a newer division power rankings. We haven't done those for a, for a while now. A little bit. Battle, the battle for the central power rankings. And I think it's a good time to bring back clutch performers, guys. How, what do you think? Yeah, there's been a couple. Couple of the past few games, so, I, you uh, know, we we kind of like scrapped the clutch reformers there for a few episodes because they were losing all the time. But they were horrible. Guess, guess what, guys? <laughs> the Predators have won seven of their last nine games, and the one of those two losses was in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, Grant, granted, that game they probably should have lost in regulation. The Lightning pretty much ran circles around them. They were lucky to get a point. And there were some other wins where it wasn't pretty. But two points is two points. Two points is two points, exactly. So uh, they've won seven of the last nine. They're right back in the middle of the Central Division muck. I'm going to call it muck. Well, like that's, that. their, that's, their, that's their happy place, being right in the middle of the division. So Like, like you, you go – like, 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 like I look at the Central Division, like if you uh, walk through a swamp – or, or a nasty creek, <laughs> and there's all this, you know, there's all this uh, seaweed or whatever you want to call it. I'm down in Florida now, so I guess it's <laughs> seaweed. But you know, where, wherever you're at in this country, if you go into a creek and you find the muck, yeah. that's kind of what the Central Division is right now. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna really. try to sort it out with our uh, power rankings tonight. It's gonna mm-hmm. be, I don't even know where to start, honestly. It's a mess, that's for sure. But it'll be fun. We'll we'll, we'll cover some other things. It, I want to kind of lightly touch on how one Nashville professional sports team decided to fire their general manager out of nowhere. Out of what nowhere. Is, what was, is that? He, yeah. I didn't expect that at all. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. I saw uh, Robbie Stanley, who, you know, he, he probably knows a thing or two about Nashville sports. He was even shocked. It's yeah, kind of what, is that, what does that mean? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I, I kind of want to ask you guys, we'll close the episode out with that, actually. Yeah. What what do we think about that as it pertains to David Poyle and the Predators? Because even though they're two completely different sports, obviously, it you've got fans who cheer for both teams, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like you've, got two, you've got a large chunk of Nashville sports fans who cheer for both teams. Yeah. So we will kind of try to dissect how what what that means but let's go ahead and get into our opening face off of episode 162 up, of Nikki? catfish on ice and Say let's go what's up nikki hello nikki what's up guys we uh love you thank you for joining us here on youtube hit the subscribe button right now for anyone who's notifications. watching on youtube right now the sub- subscriptions really help out a lot all right so ryan mcdonough Goes to the injured reserve. It's the first significant injury to this core that the Predators have had to deal with. Uh, the initial report is two to four weeks. That is the injury designation of death, if you ask me, because who knows what that means? He could yeah. be out. He could be out for two weeks. He could be out for four weeks. He could be out longer. We really don't know. The mm-hmm. NHL is one of those leagues where they really aren't very forthcoming when it comes to how long a player is going to be out for. So I don't feel good about it. Honestly, we don't really know how long he's going to be out for. He took a puck to the face in that Islanders game. 
and he took one the game before that. Too. That's what, yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Was it the game? Was it the the, the one right game before the that? night before? Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. night before he took another one that night. I think and this one had a little more heat on it though. <laughs> yeah, it was a direct shot off a good, good shot. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so you're ugly. talking. You're talking about a guy in Ryan McDonough who is the ultimate warrior when it comes to uh, doing the things that this Predators team is going to feel it. They're going to feel it. And I, yeah. I don't like – I'm very scared of what the result's going to be because this team is already very shaky when it comes to uh, defensively speaking right now. And they were finally starting to yeah. figure some things out. Let, let me just throw this out there. And if – you know it, <laughs> For anyone who follows me, maybe they already saw my tweet. And I couldn't believe this. The McDonough-Roman Yossi pairing yep. have played 126 minutes together. They were they were kind of matched together later on as John Hines was trying to put these puzzle pieces together and whatnot. 126 minutes together. Zero goals given up while they're on the ice. Yep. That's a they lot have, of ice time, guys. That's a lot of ice time. That is a lot of ice time. And it they just goes been absolutely you, elite. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. It shows you the eliteness of those two guys together. Um, I know that they, you know, started the season and they wanted <clears throat> Ekholm and McDonough to be a line, and Ekholm apparently couldn't adjust to being on the right. But Yossi seems to not have any problem with it at all. So, um, yeah, he needs to get back uh, quickly, very quickly. And then moving further <clears throat> down the depth chart, guys. Ekholm and Carrier have also played pretty well together. If you look at some of their – where they're ranking among the mm-hmm. defensive pairings, they do pretty well in expected goals against um, per 60 minutes, according to Money Puck. They're top five in the league among defensive pairings. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, number there. So mm-hmm. now you have to figure out – with McDonough out, a big player like that out of this lineup, and you're moving the rookie defenseman, Jordan Gross, back in, and I'm going to go to Kyle first, and then we'll go to Rich, and then I'll kind of give you how I feel about it. Where are you putting – if you're Coach John Hines right now, Kyle, where are you putting Jordan Gross? I'm probably going to put him on the third line uh, just because you want Yossi to have somebody who's he's got that familiarity with. Or actually, you know what? I take that back. I put him on the second line with Ekholm. Um, because you want Yossi to be somebody he's really been good with. When you break it down, Fabro's been really good with Lazan. Mm-hmm. Well, really good for Dante Fabro. I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> y'all, y'all know my opinion on Dante Fabro. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I won't beat that dead horse anymore. Um, <laughs> no, beat it. Beat it to death. He gets blown by like he's standing still and half asleep at least once yeah. a game, and it just drives me absolutely insane. Yep. Uh, I'm it's so tired of seeing it with him with his mouth open, standing there watching a forward go by him. It's not pretty at times, that's for sure. He makes Jeremy Lazan look like a superstar defenseman. Well, hey, <laughs> we're, I, Anyways, I love that, I love that I was, you say that. I love that you say that, Kyle, and – Real quick, 
it's 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 going to get into the next segment when we talk about these trade rumblings. Dante <laughs> Dante Fabro is coming up in national articles. I'm talking like oh, really? from nat- national websites that don't directly cover the Predators. They're starting to write about how Dante Fabro is a reasonable trade chip. We'll just we'll leave that for the for the next segment so everyone stay tuned throughout this episode for that but yeah. i could not believe some of these articles that i'm reading from national pundits when it comes to dante fabro and how they think his trade value is is what um, it is that's if crazy though if you're wondering yeah. why i just had the big sad on my face uh i've got the admirals game on right now and oh. askarov was working on a shutout Ah. And he had one hit the tip of his glove, go straight up in the air, come down, hit him on the back of the head, and go in. Ah, that's a bummer. He's been absolutely just dead on. The shots are literally 17 for Milwaukee and 34 for Rockford. And he was pitching a shutout with five minutes left in the third. Wow. Well, hey, can I just say this? The Preds have 99 problems, but a goaltender isn't one. Ain't that it? It is not. Can we fit that on a T-shirt? We probably could. It would be big, but it would still look cool. All right. For sure. That's absolutely um, true. Anyways, uh, I'd like to see Carrier back with Yossi, uh, just for that familiarity. And Matias Ekholm is a proven good guy at – being able to help a younger defenseman come along. There you go. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> we, we all came to Kyle's TED Talk. All right, now let's go to let's go to Rich's TED Talk on this. So, yeah, it makes sense uh, that it would be Yossi with Carrier. Um, I read somewhere on Twitter, I don't even know who said it, but that I guess Gross is kind of a little bit of a de- uh, an offensive defenseman, mm-hmm. and they mentioned putting – uh, him with Yossi, even though that would be well. That I don't know if that was me. I was probably was it? one of a lot of people who said that, but that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, you know, honestly, <laughs> I would, I would, I would try it out just to see what happens because you know you're the 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 other two pairings are going to be held down pretty good. So, well, you know, yeah. Try well, here, here, here's my thing on it. Uh, so Jordan Gross <laughs> is definitely an offensive minded defenseman. And he's yep. already played three games this season. He scored two goals in one game. Here's my thing about it. And I want people who maybe don't – they casually watch the team and they're worried about a rookie defenseman coming in. And they're going to probably just scold this guy as soon as he makes his first really bad mistake and it leads mm-hmm. to a goal given up. It's going to happen. Yep. He I is a very raw defensive prospect. But with that same thing, he also brings an offensive element to his game that Dante Fabro doesn't bring. I can promise you that. Nope. Jeremy Lazan does not bring to the table. Um, and even a player like Ryan McDonough doesn't necessarily bring an offensive element to his game. But obviously you're, obviously you're taking a hit by swapping out Ryan McDonough for Jordan Gross. No one is going to argue otherwise. Yeah. But I do think that the, that they can survive the next month. Let's say worst case scenario, Ryan McDonough is out for that four-week long designation there, and we don't get him back until January. 
sometime. That's a long time. There's a lot of games coming up on the schedule. And so I think initially it's a big risk, but I am putting Jordan Gross with Roman Yossi. And I am hoping that Roman Yossi can pick up the slack a little bit and be the captain that he is. And that hopefully Jordan Gross can flash a little offense, which he's already done. He scored two goals in one game. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was so, about to say. Didn't he score two whenever yeah, he, he was two up? One game. Yeah, he's got yeah. the flashes. He's got the ability. But he's also probably going to make his fair share of defensive mistakes. This team doesn't really need that right now, but you're stuck with what you have. You're going to have to live with it. I It kind of scares me to shake up Ekholm and Carrier because they've been building yeah. up a lot of chemistry together yeah. as well. It, it Don't even talk to me about moving Fabro or Lausanne up to the top four. There is no. not even a discussion about it. And I am one of the biggest Dante Fabro apologists on this freaking show. I am, actually. I have went to bat You're for him. Biggest. I have went to bat for him for like the last year on this freaking show. Yep. But mm-hmm. I'm not moving him up. <laughs> I'm not moving him up to the top six. I don't feel comfortable with that at all. I feel way more confidence in Jordan Gross than I do Dante Fabro at this point. <laughs> but you know, you know that that is a definite possibility that they would move him up. I don't know, man. I don't know. <coughs> I, I, we'll have to wait and see. We never know what John Hines is thinking. Yeah. Plus, you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So rematch. You know, it's a rematch. Need, and the Lightning are getting hot right now, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a always, tough game. Um, I want to let, let me ask you guys this as we're talking more about Ryan McDonough and this, you know, this injury situation here. The Preds have only played three games in 14 days. At this point in the season, that is very just not not ordinary, not regular. Obviously, the water main break at Bridgestone <laughs> Arena is the reason why, but I mean do we think that's a good thing for this type, this team and what they're trying to work through? I think it is. I lean towards it's a good thing for the team because you're talking about a Preds team that even though they've won seven out of their last nine games, they still have a lot of deficiencies and they're still not anywhere near where a lot of us think they should be. Yeah. The only, the only bad thing is, you know, a couple of those games, it took overtime to to get and and at times they were shaky. Um, historically, they don't do well when they've had long time off. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so hopefully, you know it, that's not going to be the case this time because they 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 are they're on a three game win streak. They've they've looked a lot better. You know, still shaky. And, well, that time, that but, you know that went that went over the Devils. That's oh, their best. That a, that's, that's big. That's their best win of the season, guys. I don't know if, if you game. agree with me. That's their most impressive quality win of the season is the way they came back and, mm-hmm. and beat the Devils because that was a roller coaster of a game. They they scored the first goal in the first what what was it like eleven seconds? Ryan yeah. Johansson scores, and then mm-hmm. they I think they went up two nothing, and then they give up three goals in less than four minutes. Mm-hmm. You know they stun UC Soros. And, and and at that point you're thinking, okay, it's the Devils. They're gonna they're gonna cruise to victory, and the Predators are cooked. And then Mikael Granlin scores in the last 
10 seconds of the game. So the Preds scored in the first 11 seconds of regulation and the last 10 seconds of regulation. Yeah, and then then the Johansson game winner was – I mean, yeah, everybody – no one expected them to win. You know, New Jersey is who they are. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, the goals that they scored in the two and a half minutes, those three were just like – amazing goals i mean it was it was a really fun game to watch and you go in you go in and you really didn't have any expectations that they were going to win but and that was a really good game yeah like you said probably their best <clears throat> i think i think it's their best win of the season for sure i don't think it's even close against uh, the top top of the mike, NHL team. so mike twitter lives up in that <laughs> part of the country and he went to the game yeah mike twitter Yep. says that was the best game I'll probably have ever attended. Yeah, that's was, what Mike Twitter says. Yeah, I actually I actually jumped up off the couch when they won. Um, I was that excited. It was a really good game. Because you didn't expect yeah. it. Nobody can sit here and say that they expected Nashville to beat the New Jersey Devils. No. no. So. no so, yeah, just – just kind of going through some of these things here. So, as I mentioned, the Yossi McDonough pairing in 126 minutes together, according to Money Puck here, um, no goal surrendered as a pairing. That's just incredible to me. They also were on the ice for seven goals for, for the team. So, just – that's kind of a small sample size, but still – 126 minutes is enough to where you're like to lose that pairing and lose something that you've got working for you during a time when you've won seven of your last nine games. That is a very difficult pill to swallow here, and the Mm. Predators have to deal with it. And that's what teams have to do this time of year. The Predators are not alone in this. Every team has to deal with these types of injuries, and the Predators have actually been pretty fortunate up until this point when it comes to injuries. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to hang our heads here and be like, oh, woe is me. It's not fair. We lost one of our players. No, you got to f- figure out a way to deal with it. Yeah. It could be worse. We could be the avalanche. Exactly. They're, yeah. I mean, they've just they're, – they're basically – half their team is AHL guys right now. Um, Columbus is in that same boat. And they've got a lot of yeah. hurt guys too. Looking at McDonough's uh, – some of his stats here – he uh, 48 blocks for the team, which is second on the team, only behind Roman Yossi. Two blocks ranked, with the face. Ranks 30th in the NHL, which uh, is, is is pretty high up there considering all the defensemen there mm-hmm. in the NHL. That's a pretty high ranking. He's got 15 takeaways, which is also top 30 in the NHL. And I can tell you right now, here is what really freaks me out the most about losing Ryan McDonough. The, the penalty kill – has been mm-hmm. has been much better this year. It's been it was a an eyesore and a huge weakness last year. The Predators took so many penalties, and you just expected the other team to score two or three power play goals each game. This year, I've had a lot of confidence in the penalty kill. I haven't necessarily felt that way. And yeah. Ryan McDonough is a big reason why. Well, he's not in there now. Who is going to fill in for Ryan McDonough on that penalty kill? You're, it's probably. I mean, what do you guys think? It's not going to be Jordan Gross. So who's it going to be? 
Who's that defenseman that fits in? It's it's going to have to be Jeremy Lazan, I guess. I would say probably. I think he was already playing on the PK. So who's it going to be then? Is it going to be Dante Fabro? Was he already on there too? I mean, I have to go back and look. God, I hope not. (laughs) I don't think they have any other choice, Kyle. (laughs) I mean. The hot dog vendor. I mean, what's going on with Mark? Well, well, first of all, what's going on with Mark Borowiecki? I haven't heard any news on him. On yeah. if he's getting any closer to coming back, it's very yeah. like you you go you go out there and you try to figure out what's going on. There's no, there's really no news out there on him. So yeah, I'm, I'm, really, right. worried. I'm really worried about Boro coming back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm the our we have an Instagram account if anybody is interested, and we follow actually Mark Borbieski. He put some pictures up the other day. He was like working out at his house, like kickboxing and stuff. So. That's a little bit of a good time that he's just probably not, you know, cleared to to play or anything. But um, yeah, who knows? I'm like like Kyle said, I'm a little worried that he doesn't come back at all. He's taking a lot of shots to the head. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I'm I'm really worried about the penalty kill right now. Um, the Predators, they're not the big penalty stricken team like they were last year necessarily. And they have shown a lot more discipline in that area this year, which has been nice to see. But uh, losing a player like Ryan McDonough, that's going to be your biggest Mm -hmm. loss is in that area uh, because he does uh, block shots and he gets in shot lanes and he makes it harder on opposing power plays to find those shot lanes to just get tee off on UC Soros and Kevin Lankinen. And – so we're going to feel the effects of that over the next two, three, four weeks, however long it is. And the Predators are, you know, even though they've won seven of their last nine, they're still very much teetering on that, on that spot of irrelevancy right now. I mean, they're, they're in that muck, like I said earlier. So it's not, you're getting into the point of the season now where the good teams separate themselves from the fake teams. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So what yeah. can the pre- what can the predators do about that? So um, it's going to be tough, guys. It's going to be tough. Very tough. It's going to be the next few games. Well, I mean, all the games with, without McDonough are going to be a, a good test for where they, they are and how they can pull together. So, and I know he's not a flashy player. Like he doesn't do the high. He's past that. He's never been that type of player, even in his mm-hmm. prime. Ryan McDonough's never been yep. a big. He's not he's not Roman Yossi, people. He's mm-hmm. not he's the exact opposite. He is the more traditional, prototypical NHL defenseman. He's not the new age defenseman that Roman Yossi is. So a lot of times people think that Ryan McDonough's boring and he's not doing the right things. And 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 I will say that, you know, maybe he left a little bit to be desired through the first few games. But if you actually watch the Predators play and you watch mm-hmm. him play, this guy is out there, like oh, yeah. in the right position, directing the defense, playing quarterback. Not saying that Roman Yossi doesn't do that as well, but Ryan McDonough is literally a leader on the ice. He, mm-hmm. if, if Roman Yossi is not on this team, then Ryan McDonough is your captain. He plays like a captain. Yeah, so it's sure. going to be really hard for this team to lose a player like that playing – with a very young and inexperienced defense. Let's think about this defense, defensive core now, without Ryan McDonough. You've got Matias Ekholm and Roman Yossi. Outside of that, your defense is very young. 
and inexperienced. Yeah. Alexander Carrier, very mm-hmm. still a very young and unproven player, even though we think he has a bright future. Jeremy Lazano. <laughs> How many times are you going to bring up Dante Fabro? Okay. <laughs> you get you get my point, though. And then now, yeah, you're, throwing, now you're throwing Jordan Gross in there. You've mm-hmm. got f- four of your six defensemen are very yeah, raw sure. and inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you you look at that that number you just said, zero goals allowed in 126 minutes. That's, that's all you need to say right there. That's the impact that he has on that team once that they figured out that he needed to be with Roman Yossi. So, yeah, I mean – it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's massive. So it's, uh, yeah, you're going to really, they're going to get tested. And this is the, this is the test starts tomorrow night. So this is, this is really where UC Soros mm. has to, and I hate to put this on him, but this yeah. is real. This is really where UC Soros has to step up and be that Vesna caliber goaltender. Yep. And also, yeah, and also Kevin Lincoln in because he's going to get some back-to-back starts. And both of them have been so good oh my over this past month. I mean – Especially Lincoln in. Oh, my gosh. He's played so well. Yeah, I mean he, – He has earned that he, – he probably at this point, as long as he stays at the level he's been at, um, he's earned him a job next year. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, it won't be here. No, he will. He won't be in Nashville next. Year. No, he 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 deserves to be a starter right now. And there's a lot of teams out there who could have picked oh, yeah. him up over the off season, and they're kicking themselves right now that they did not sign him as yeah. their starter. And then you got David Poyle who swoops in in the dead of the night and signs him as a backup. Yeah, and we're all like, "What? Why did I'll you t- sign this guy?" Yeah, I'll totally be honest. I was one of those people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Me too. I think, I think everybody on this podcast was one of those people. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're all so, like Connor Ingram, you know, how dare they? And But it's worked out. So so tell me, tell me how a backup goaltender like Kevin Lankinen is 12th in the NHL right now among goaltenders in goals saved above expected. Total goal saved above expected. Now, there are a couple other goaltenders in this category who also have played around the same amount of games as him. What I'm saying is, as a backup, he is contending with all the best goaltenders in the league right now. Yeah. In that category. He has just played extremely solid. He's only got seven games under his belt. Only seven games. I think – I think the fact that he was able to escape the cesspool that is the Chicago Blackhawks, that probably lifted his spirits, man. He's like, you know, hey, I got another chance. I, I got about this is my shot. I got to make the best of it right now. And that's he's playing that way for sure. So I just looked this up. Look, I think this is a much better um, metric here. So if you narrow it down to goals saved above expected per 60 minutes. So you take out the starts, you just narrow it down to a sample size of per 60 minutes, which is a normal start. Um, you can kind of get rid of the whole uh, skew of starters and backups. Kevin Lankinen is actually eighth in the NHL right now in goal saved above expected per 60 minutes. So he – he is yeah. playing on an unreal level right now. Um, 
through his first seven games with the Predators, and they're going to lean on him. There's 11 back-to-backs left on this season, and I don't. I think it's gotten to the point where you don't just play him on back. You don't just play him on back-to-backs. You have to consider playing Kevin Lankinen even on two-day two-day breaks. Two-day breaks. Let's say it's a Tuesday Thursday scenario. Play Kevin yeah, Lankinen on Thursday. Play UC Saros on Tuesday. Agree. I agree 100. Until until something happens and and he, you know, if he goes to a bad spot, yeah, I would absolutely do what you just said. He's, well, he's played that well. It, so. it's, it's pretty obvious you're not losing anything by starting him. So yep. And they're gonna they're gonna have to lean on goaltending to round out this whole opening faceoff here about Ryan McDonough going to the injured reserve. How does what's the ripple effect for mm-hmm. the Predators? Um, they're gonna quite frankly speaking here, no filter. They're gonna have to really rely on some pretty stellar goaltending from mm-hmm. both Soros and Lankinen. They've already been getting it for the past ten games or so, uh, and unfortunately. As I said, I hate to put this pressure on that team, on those goaltenders, because it's not necessarily fair, but they're going to have to be pretty elite, uh, most likely, unless we see some unforeseen offensive breakout from this team. That's what I was going to say. And that could happen, but you're talking about a Predators team that is 29th in goals per game in the league right now. They have dramatically decreased from their goal output last year. Oh yeah. 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 Even even though if you look on paper, they probably got better. That's the most head scratching part about it. On paper, yeah. they added more offensive talent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that's what's weird. So yeah, it would a combination of goaltending and and some other guys stepping into the elite category one being Philip Forsberg would be amazing. You're just – you're not going to win a lot of games in the league, and I know they've won seven of the last nine. That's great. But when you're averaging 2.6 goals per game, that's where they're at right now, 2.6. Mm-hmm. In today's NHL, that's not going to get it done. That's not sustainable. Nope. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. That might have been sustainable in 2000. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the famous <laughs> song, Rich? What's the famous song? We're gonna party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Absolutely, yeah. So the the predators they're partying like it's nineteen ninety nine right now. Who's saying yeah. that? Who is that? Who's Prince? The, Prince. All right, yeah. So Prince saying, uh, so Prince is singing. Let's party like it's nineteen ninety nine. That's what the predators are right now. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Two point six goals a game would have worked in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Not going to work in twenty. I mean, just ask, just ask the Blue Jackets. They scored four goals, which is a lot, uh, and enough to win a game. And they got blank nine to four. So you know, yeah, different league. So that is our opening face-off of Catfish and Ice, episode one sixty-two. Thanks for commenting, everybody. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. If you're listening to the podcast on the next day on your favorite podcast platform, head on over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. You can watch the episodes live on YouTube or Twitter. Follow us at Catfish Ice if you want to watch live and comment, or it's perfectly fine to listen to the episode the next day on your drive into work or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, we're flexible. That, that works. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm flexible, but we'll we'll leave it at that. All right.
let's get into let's get into <laughs> the next segment here. Um, we got to get into these NHL trade rumblings that are cool. going on. Uh, just to update, the Admirals are going to the shootout. Oh, who are they playing again, by the way? Rockford, the Ice Hogs. Okay. Ice what? Ice Hogs. As oh, they're, the, uh, they're the Blackhawks. Hawk. Okay. They, the Black they are the there. Hawks. Um, uh, the Hawks, but Hogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'm on the same page now. <laughs> All right. Let's get into these NHL trade rumblings here. The big one is Brock Besser. He's all over the headlines right now in the NHL. And, yes, the Predators are kind of getting linked to him a little bit. Um, could the could the Predators crunch the numbers in some way to get a Brock Besser? Yes, crazier things have happened. They could do that. They do have a need for a player that like Brock Besser and what he brings, his skill set. He's a winger who has a knack for offense and scoring goals. Hello, that's what this team needs. But we could use another one, yeah. He's got two years left on his contract, and he's not cheap. He is a six, what is it, a six and a half million dollar player. And a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the the news out there is he is a little overpaid because he mm. doesn't he doesn't bring a well rounded NHL game. He's not going to play. He's not going to do what a prototypical John Hines. Nashville Predators forward is going to do for you. He is not going to play a lot of defense. He's not going to get in there and get in the rough areas and make hits and block shots and do what Nashville Predators forwards do. But he is a sniper, but he is going to come in a probably a maybe a, a significant trade haul. But if you can figure out a way to send some players to the Canucks that you don't really want anyway. I'm more concerned about the draft picks more than I am what players we lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as much as I love Ellie Tolvanen. <laughs> I knew that was coming up. And y'all and y'all know how many times have I talked about how much I love Ellie Tolvanen. I, um, I mean, we all do. Maybe a change of scenery would do him good. As yeah. much as I don't want to say that, maybe it would do him a little bit of good. So who so who are you going to package with him, like him and and somebody Fabro. else with some picks? Fabro, I knew you were going to say Fabro. I knew that was coming, and that's and that's viable. I mean, that's that's an, that's a a good solution. I mean, so I don't know if if the Preds would be. But I don't they take that for. I don't I yeah. don't think the Preds would be cap compliant if they just sent Fabro and Tolvin, and that's the problem. I don't. I, how much? Okay. How much do you have left? If you look, so Brock Besser is a six point six five million dollar player right now. So he's gonna he's gonna hit your cap, and most likely the Canucks are not gonna retain salary. I think from what I read, they're not willing to retain salary mm. on him. So you're gonna take on that six point six five million um, average uh, salary. So for the Preds to make the numbers work, they're gonna have to probably unload a pretty significant player and. Here's here's what I come down to. If you really want Brock Besser and you really want to do this, I don't think da- Dante Fabro is the player you have to – I would like to move him in a perfect world. I don't think the numbers would work out if you if that's it. who you're offering. I think you have to offer a combination of Ellie Tolvanen and Colton Sissons. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to go back to a classic movie of Jurassic Park. <laughs> 
they they were too busy asking whether they could instead of asking whether they should. <laughs> should they? Yeah. Absolutely not. It's that it's yeah. absolutely asinine to trade for a player that you're going to have to most likely give up high round draft picks and younger players for. It's uh, and. I would agree for a trade if they were shedding cap, if they were they're not gonna know, shed cap in this scenario. That's the problem. No, you're you're putting yourself deeper into cap issues. Exactly. Yeah. How much, trade. Do you know how much they have right not now? They're, they're under a million. The oh, Preds right. are under a million in projected cap well, space right now, according that's to Cap. Be tough. Yeah, according yeah. to Cap Friendly, they're at nine hundred and eighty-nine. They're right under a million. Yeah. Uh give or take so, ten thousand. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the contract. Uh, thing on their website, Fabro is at two point four, and Colton Sissons is at two point eight six. Yeah, so you uh, you're looking at your players here. Even then, you probably can't make it work. Like the Preds would have to; they're going to have to deal a pretty significant player here. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, I think they might have to. I'll I'll retract that. I think they might have to go. So Fabro is a two point four million dollar player right now, and Sissons. Is a two point eight five seven. So you would probably have forget Tolvanen at this point because I don't know if he sheds enough cap for you. No, he doesn't. I don't think he's like a one point seven five. Yeah, he's a one point. He's a one point four five. Oh really? So like honestly, you're gonna have to deal a veteran to to make a deal work for for uh, Mm -hmm. Besser to get in that cap compliance. And at that point, what are you really doing to improve yourself at that point? Like, is he really that good of a player? Um, yeah, you're just kind of swapping a good player for another good player. So it seemed good at the time when I first started looking into it. I was really excited about it. I've always liked Brock Besser. Um, oh, I'm not – he's going to make a dang good pickup for a cup uh, contender. I just Absolutely. Don't, I just don't think the Preds can make it work. I, I think they could, but they they shouldn't. I just I, I there's only a couple of ways to make it work, really, and that's getting rid of some some big boy names. Yeah, that we probably don't want to talk about, and they're, and they're not going to do. And, and that would make no sense to me. Yeah, and the only way it would make sense to me <coughs> if you if you wanted to deal one of your big veterans who are making bigger money, $5 million plus. The only way it would make sense to do this is if you're surrendering the fact that it's time to rebuild. And Because Brock Besser is a pretty young player. He's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So you could unload your veterans and go for a Brock Besser and basically say, look, we're going to build around a Brock Besser type of player, see what happens the rest of the season, but we are – going to go ahead and, and surrender and say it's time to start looking towards the future and start rebuilding this team from the ground up and we can get a young player like Besser who's still 25 years old mm-hmm. start building around a big winger we already have Forsberg for the future like he's not going anywhere Roman Yossi's not going anywhere um, but like your Matt Duchesne's your Ryan Johansson's their contracts are becoming a little bit more movable at this point well, especially Brian Johansson's. He's got three years left on his. <coughs> Matt Duchesne's got four left on his. So, I mean, if you look at the numbers, there's there's not 
really many options if because no. their contract tracker says they have 1.1 million like you said so if he's a 6.6 whatever there's just not that many names that would that you could do uh, mm-hmm. to get to, to, to get him if you're if you're giving up a big player Unless they were, unless the Canucks retained some salary on that, and I and I will say, I will say that um, some articles I have read um, out there regarding Brock Besser, um, they're saying that the Canucks don't have a lot of leverage in this whole Mm. deal because, for one, both sides realize that it's over, basically, like it's a breakup, Mm -hmm. and. He is – it's kind of widely viewed that he's overpaid based mm-hmm. on the market, based on the market. And also, the Canucks are very much desperate to get cap compliant right now, and they have to unload Besser to oh, be well. cap compliant. But So they've got to lose Besser. It's not a matter of, oh, we want to keep – it's not like like let's think the Ryan McDonough situation. The Tampa Bay Lightning did not want to lose Ryan McDonough. I can no. promise you that. They had no, no choice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same situation here. I can promise you that the Canucks front office and their brass does not want to lose a 25-year-old sniper like Brock Besser. But they don't really have a choice. They have to deal him somewhere because they, they have other players they want to retain, and the, mm-hmm. whole, the whole marriage has gone sour. Yeah, so, he doesn't want to be there. So, and they've given his agent permission to start looking um, at other clients out there. So, the Predators, if they could jump th- through a bunch of hoops, they could make it happen. But I don't think they're a top contender for Brock Besser. In a perfect world, it would be nice to add a player like him because he would solve a lot of problems and fit, mm-hmm. fill a, a major need. But it's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. I just, I think it's a bad idea. It is a bad idea if you look at it for sure. Um, yeah, you're just you you just be trading, you know, a good player for another good player. And if you if you want to talk about trading somebody like a Duchesne or a Johansson, they're not going to want that trade because that's more money than they're already paying Besser for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, looking at according to the hockey writers, they listed three teams they think Besser could have ended up at uh, Minnesota Wild, uh, New York Islanders, and they also have the Calgary Flames. Calgary. Um, so you know he's going to end up somewhere good. He's going to end up on a team that's on that playoff bubble that's looking to add some scoring again. The Predators just aren't in that boat, unfortunately. They're just with their cap situation and with, with where they're at. They're if they're going to get become a better offensive team, they're going to have to do it with the players they already have. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you can call back up Philip Tomasino when he gets healthy, which apparently he played for that. He played tonight. Tonight, he, right? he played tonight. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like the Predators are going to have to do something. Like I said, the, the, what their offensive output they're putting out right now is not sustainable. Seven of nine games winning is a nice, and then it gets them back in contention a little bit, but I, it's not sustainable. It's, it's nah. just, I don't feel good about it. So um, we will have to wait and see how it all works out. What about, guys, how do you feel about Patrick Kane? I've heard, I've heard Boston Bruins. Rich, how do you feel oh about could, that? Gosh. 
I don't even know how they could do that, but if they I get could, him, I don't know. I could see that, and if they if they do get him, then they've got to be undeniably cup favorites. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like the Boston Bruins or whatever, but if you watch their games, they're, they're really good. <laughs> I mean, they're like – they. They play extremely well. They play they together do. extremely well. They do. Uh, the You're goal, also uh, – Goaltending is – Linus Olmark is, like, leading the NHL in, like, three or four categories. Um, he's playing really well. So Also, this is from today from Dan Rosen of NHL.com and his mailbag. Apparently, the New Jersey Devils are also starting to be linked to the Patrick Kane sweepstakes. So I mean that, um, that's entirely possible. They should have room, and they're not shabby at all themselves. And yeah. and we all and we all know that the Blackhawks are full in on tanking and rebuild and unloading. And th- I mean, yeah. they're in it for the long haul. So they're all about getting young prospects. And the Devils have plenty of young prospects to unload if they're in a win-now mode and they're in Stanley Cup mode now. I think that's a risky proposition because you're kind of putting all your chips in in one basket and hoping you win now. What do the Devils do if they go out and get a Patrick Kane and they get beat Worse. in the first round? What would you do yeah. it for then? You got beat in the first round. But that's how it works. It's always mm-hmm. a risk. It's always a risk. So um, where does Patrick Kane end up is going to be a major, major storyline throughout this season. Um, he's definitely not going to end up with the Blackhawks. He's going to go somewhere. He's arguably the best American-born player to ever play the game. I mean, it's not even very arguable. Yeah, <laughs> for for all of his off the ice issues, and we and that's something I'm not going to even get into. But he, just judging the the player on the ice, he's the best American-born player ever. And even towards the end of his career, now he can mm-hmm. still make a Cup contending team just that much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't say we like him, but yeah, you got to call it like it is. It's like Sidney Crosby. Nobody likes that dude, but he's arguably one of the best players to ever play. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then I feel like we've been talking about this for a while, but but uh, Chickering, Jacob Chickering for the uh, Coyotes, where <laughs> the hell is this guy going to end up? Um, I, it's like I, I just look at it like, okay, the Coyotes are – Trying to sell a really okay. This is this is gonna sound kind of mean, but I, I look at it as let's say someone's trying to sell a couch, and they think that this couch is such a nice fancy couch, and anyone should want to have this couch for their for their living room. And everyone else on the market looks at this couch and they think that couch ain't that ain't that nice. Yeah, it's not that nice of a couch for what you're asking good. for. You flip the cushions over and the cushions are stained. Yeah. On the couch. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like they've been they've been pushing out Jacob Chickering for like how long now? And they can't get a yeah. trade partner for him. Uh yeah. Forever. Forever. It's been a while. So I mean, and they've been saying for so long that the asking price that the coyotes want is just so outrageous that no team is willing to bite for it. Yeah, it's poor dude, poor guy. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for these guys like these, like him, even Patrick Kane. I mean, like 
they're they're superstars, you know, and they're stuck on these teams that are just well. And and Chicker Chicker is still a really young player. That's yeah. his that's his big draw mm-hmm. is you put him on a really good team and he's gonna blossom. And mm-hmm. he's got Norris Trophy type talent if you put him on the right <laughs> team, possibly. Yep, for sure. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, let's move along here on Catfish on Ice. This is episode 162 with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Let's tell you about DraftKings real quick here before we get into our final two segments. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet $5 pregame money line on any – any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So right before a game starts, you're on ESPN plus you're scanning through all the games. You're figuring out which game you're going to watch for the night. Right before the game starts, get the de- get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN and throw down just $5 on that, on the team you think is going to win that game. Any team you want, any matchup you want. And you'll pull back $150 in free bets if that team wins. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. While the game's going going on, you can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode right now for details. If you are seeking gambling help, have a gambling problem, we have contact support available for you to do that. All right, gentlemen, let's do our clutch performers of the week. All right. This is going to be tough for me because – I'm basically looking at the back-to-back on that Thursday and Friday. Mm. That really difficult Eastern Conference back-to-back against the Devils and the Islanders. Two teams that are competing near the top of their divisions. One team had only lost one game since October 24th going into that game, guys. (laughs) Wrap your head around that. (laughs) It's insane. Um, Definitely. I struggled with this, but my, I'm going to, I guess I'll start first and I'll go to you guys. Yeah. yeah. My third clutch performer of the week is going to be Ryan Johansson. Okay. Because of how he played against the Devils in that game. He came up so clutch. He had one of his best games he's had in a while, individually speaking. He doesn't bring that type of of a performance against the Devils. Preds lose that game. They had no business winning that game. In a seven-game series, I feel like the Devils are probably winning six. But it's not a seven-game series. It's a Mm -hmm. one-game series, and the Preds won that game. So, Ryan Johansson had two goals in that game, three points total. 
scores in the first 10 seconds, basically, of that game to set the tone, scores the overtime winner, and then against the Islanders, he didn't score a point, but he was also still a very important player. And, and we know that Ryan Johansson does a lot of other things as well. He's crucial in the faceoff circle. He's obviously one of those veteran leaders that you lean on. But I put him as, a, as the third clutch performer this week just because of what he did against the New Jersey Devils. That's a good one. For sure. Can't fault that. Nope. All right. My second clutch performer of the week has to be – I'm going to go Ryan McDonough, guys. No. Oh. All right. Just because of what he did. Okay, so that Islanders game, let's not look at the box score there. When Ryan McDonough made that save with his face, the Islanders – the that Islanders, was the game. Dude, yeah. the Islanders were putting it on the Predators, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like we were hanging on for dear life there. The Islanders <laughs> came out like gangbusters in that third period. <laughs> The Predators were completely on their heels, just trying to just sit on a lead. The Predators do this a lot. They sit on their leads when they get leads, and it dry, it, it infuriates me. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it is insane. And they did that in this game. And the Islanders, I mean, you go back and look at this game. The Islanders outshot the Predators 22-7 to yeah. in that third period. Mm-hmm. Second period, they outshot them 18 to 9. So it was just like a barrage. And even though it was a four to one final score, you have two empty net goals you're factoring in there. Yeah. So that was when the game was finally over and settled settled. But before those two empty net goals, oh yeah. Uh Bar- Barzell for the Islanders was getting shot after shot. He was shaking his head because oh, yeah. he could because he couldn't get a goal. And I got to give Ryan McDonough a lot of credit because he saved that game from With his going, face. from going to overtime. Yeah, he got hurt in that game. Four block shots in that game in 18 minutes of ice time before he had to leave down the tunnel. And the Islander in the uh, game against the Devils, McDonough – had another block shot and another hit. So, I mean, I mean, when we do clutch, well, when we do clutch performers here, we're literally rating guys who perform in the clutch moments. I can't leave Ryan McDonough out. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to bend down and stick your face in front of a puck, that's definitely a clutch. Yeah. And so that leads me, that's perfect timing because my number one clutch performer I'm going to give it to Kevin Lankinen because he absolutely carried the Predators to victory against the Islanders in that game, set a career high for saves in a game, in that game against the Islanders. And we're talking about laying your body out there in a really scary way. So he made 48 saves in that game. Guys, high, I believe he sticks his he sticks his bare hand he sticks his bare hand into the crease because he had lost his he had lost his glove sticks his bare hand into the crease 
and you're just like cringing. Yeah, there's like there's like four sets of scissor blades all around your hand while you got your hand, your bare hand on the puck. Yeah, it's not good. I yeah, mean, you that's can, ooh, that's terrifying. Yeah, and I was watching it live, and I was just like, "What is he doing? <laughs> like, he is crazy." When I but, saw that, it reminded me. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. UC Soros lost his glove and someone was getting ready to shoot. And he actually put his hand up like he was going to stop the puck. And I was like, what are you doing? For some reason, it reminded me of that. Yeah, I I remember what you were talking about, Rich. I I remember that happening. Yeah. I had a flashback to that. That was crazy. I mean, that's a loss. If you don't have a quality, reliable backup and – no offense to David Riddick, no offense to Connor Ingram, because I mean they're two, you know, good goaltenders in their own right as far as backups in this league. But I don't think either one of those <laughs> goaltenders likely are good enough to get the Predators that win. We're literally talking the difference between two points in a game. And mm-hmm. when it all comes down to it, as this season rolls along. We fully expect that the Predators are going to be clawing for every point they can get in the standings to get back into the playoffs. And I know that makes a lot of Preds fans cringe because they just want them to rebuild. They just want them to – I get all that. But we're stuck with the team we have. And the team we have is painfully average and good, <laughs> just, just good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to win a That's Stanley Cup. So they're um, right at that middle of the conference. That's their happy place. They love being there. But when you get a Kevin Lincoln in game like that, it's literally the difference between getting two points in the standings and coming up with a loss. Mm -hmm. So I got to make him my number one clutch performer for that reason, because it's not easy for a backup goaltender who doesn't get a lot of starts to come in and do a performance like that. It's not easy. The dude was so locked in. These were not easy chip chip shot saves he was making. He was no. locked in from the start. I remember watching him in that first period and just thinking, wow, Lanky is, is locked in tonight. Like, he's in it. Yeah, I hated that he didn't get a shutout. Yeah, that he <coughs> performance. Yeah. All right, let's go to Kyle. You stole all mine. I stole yours. You same order. Same order. Same order. Uh, I was probably going to have McDonough third and Johansson second, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> For That's all the same reasons, you know, Johansson he probably gets crapped on more than any player on the team uh, by by most people, especially uh, we'll say TV fans. So basically if you're listening to this podcast, this does not apply to you. Uh, A lot of fans that just watch what they see on TV don't really know Mm -hmm. exactly what's going on. Doesn't know the value that Johansson brings to the team. He gets crapped on a lot and it was Mm -hmm. good to see him have that moment in the sun and be like, Hey, I'm, I am that good. Um, and then you had, like you said, Chad, uh, McDonough just laying it all out there. Um, if that doesn't inspire the rest of that team to go mm-hmm. out and play and do the hard things, nothing ever will. Mm-hmm. They're, 
that is being the perfect role model, the perfect leader. Kudos to Ryan McDonough. And that, that's what you love about this team. That's what you signed him for. Mm-hmm. It sucks that the end result is that you're going to lose him for maybe a month. But, you know, like, that that's, that's really the essence of this Predators team. Nikki said Joey getting the love he deserves. That's right. Everybody well, they knows. all well they all deserve love, Nikki. Even Dante Fabro deserves love. He ain't gonna he, get it from Kyle Perkins, though. Wait a minute, Don. Hey, Kyle, I gotta ask you: Is Dante <laughs> Fabro is Dante Fabro the new Ben Harper for you no. on this show? No, no nothing's <laughs> ever gonna be that bad. <laughs> he literally could like skate backwards, fall down. And break everybody else on his line uh, on the ice at that time, stick and still be better than Ben Harper. All right, fair enough. <laughs> cool. I like that. All right, Rich, are you so going to break? Have... Are, are you going to break course here and a little offer bit. someone new to the clutch performance? I am. I am. I'm going to offer up as my third Roman Yossi for his offer. overtime overtime win against a team they should have beaten anyway. It was a great goal. Um, he um, put the game away. It was awesome. So the second one, it would be Ryan Johansson. You talking about against the Ducks? Against the Ducks. Yeah, that, that was a really pretty goal. It was. Yeah, and that's why you know. And also, I was looking at his stats. He's got like four points in the last three games. Like he's really ever since he's been put with McDonough. Stepped his game up. Well, are we going to talk about the absolute rocket laser of a goal he scored against the Islanders? That it was too. like, oh, that was beautiful. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. The whole terminology is bar down, like, and the bar, bar down, down. The, the bar down terminology comes from when you slap a shot and it hits the upper crossbar so hard that the puck snaps down behind the goaltender. That's exactly yeah. what he did against yeah. against Sorokin, who is. One of the better goaltenders in the league mm-hmm. this year. Oh, absolutely! Way. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. his numbers are insane this year, and he only had he only faced twenty one shots that night, and and only had to make nineteen saves. Yep. But he, you know, like it's a very misleading box score against the yeah. Islanders in that game. It was. it was much closer than what the four one score mm-hmm. says due to the two empty netters. But that goal from Yossi was the definition of bar down. And it was a laser, like you said. And that also, Nikki reminded us of this. That was the game where we had the the Roman Yossi messy hair. Uh, oh yeah, and he cut his hair. Everybody, cut his hair. Like, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh!" So, so, so Nikki Nikki asked us on Twitter. She tweeted the show and asked us if we would talk about the all the heart heartbreak that's going on in Smashville right now when it comes to the most beautiful man in Smashville, which is Roman Yossi and how he has cut his hair and broken the hearts of every person out there in Smashville. Yeah. He was in that interview and I was like, first thing out of my mouth was like, he needs to get a haircut. (laughs) My wife and daughters, both of them, all of them were like, no, he doesn't. He needs to leave it just like that. And I'm like, hippie. He looks like a hippie. Get a haircut. (laughs) <laughs> Let him be a hippie. He can do whatever. I mean, he's roaming. <laughs> he can do whatever. I mean, I mean, like he could come out with like a flock of seagulls haircut, and everybody would probably remember in the uh, remember in the behind the glass uh, documentary or docu series on NHL mm-hmm. Network. Remember one of the first episodes? 
I know this was dumb because they're they're all humans, but like when I saw Roman Yossi, like a regular guy driving to work in a car, yeah. I was like, wait, a minute. <laughs> I'm like, Roman Yossi drives his car, yeah, to work? right, yeah. like all of us do, yeah. like he's a yeah. normal person because you, you you just Roman Yossi is that. In a good, like in a really good way, I look up to him like this larger than life, mm-hmm. dynamic, great athlete in person mm-hmm. and role model. He does so much for the community, such a positive presence for this community and for the for team sure. and the organization. And so you see a, a guy like that. Yeah, he drives his car to work just like yeah. the rest of us. Yeah, I remember. We, I think we actually talked about it. I was like, we were watching it and like his garage was kind of messy. And I was yeah. like, look at that. Roman Yossi's a regular dude. He's got to clean his garage just like everybody else does. Except he's driving a, a, a Mercedes uh, $130,000 SUV. <laughs> so that was good. Justin says that Forsberg rides a scooter. So yeah. he's surprised he has, a, he has a very short commute to work. I think he lives like a block or two within Bridgestone Arena. So he can ride his little scooter wherever he wants. He might have a. He might have a. Forsberg's Forsberg's also a really big gamer, and I've heard that he will. If you know his gamer tag, he'll actually play online with you. That's cool. And so he's really good. And from what I understand, he's a pretty legit gamer. Yeah, he actually has a gaming sponsorship. Oh, the headphones, uh, HyperX. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. All right, so we went off on a tangent. Oh, there, we did. I'm sorry. We, we we go, no, it was my fault. But we Roman Yossi's hair. We tend to go off on tangents when we talk about the captain Roman Yossi. So, so please yeah. forgive us for that. Yeah. So second one would, would be Ryan Johansson, just because of the Devils game. I mean, he played lights out, started the game with a goal, ended it with a goal, so that deserves the second spot and then the first is Lankinen for all the reasons we already said so nice I mean, just so he, is it a it's a clean sweep among all three hosts that Lankinen well, have, is number 1 yes yes i agree with that all right yeah. goaltender love tonight on catfish on ice episode 162 lanky lanky gets the number 1 clutch performer of the week from us uh, because of what he did against the islanders in a game that the predators Definitely, probably would have lost if not yeah. for his clutchness. We should uh, we should print out a certificate and send it to him. I'm sure he, he would love that. He, he would probably hang it. <laughs> he would absolutely hang that over his mantle. Catfish and ice clutch reformer. That'd be his biggest achievement of his career. Right now. up there. We're being we're being a little sarcastic here, but um, either way, um, Lanky, if you're listening, you're a top clutch reformer. <laughs> He he earned it though. He had a great game. He did, man. It was, it All was right. Incredible. Uh, so let's let's wrap up Catfish on Ice episode one sixty two. Before we do our Central Division Power Rankings Battle for the Central, we haven't done that in a while. Um, guys, what do you think, and how does it affect how you think about the Predators and David Poyle? I know you guys aren't big Titans fans, but it's pretty shell shocking news around Nashville right now that the other major pro sports franchise, the Tennessee Titans, decided to fire their GM while they are first place in the division, have a winning record for like how many seasons in a row. They were the number one overall seed last year. And the owner basically came out and said, that's not good enough for me. 
We're in the market to win Super Bowls. We're not in the market to make playoffs every year. <laughs> I mean, they better not talk to the owners of the Predators because you can't help you can't you can't it, you can't help but draw the comparisons. And I immediately did that because even though I am a big Titans fan, but I follow the Predators, I cover the Predators, I write about the Predators. So immediately I drew that comparison as soon as I saw this news. So and yeah, what do, what do you think about it, Rich? Didn't so the tight they lost Sunday, right? They did. It was they got kind they, of embarrassed a little bit. Well, they got embarrassed to one of the best teams in the league, but they also got embarrassed by a player they decided not to yes, sign. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That, over the that, off season. Yeah, I think that might have. It been, would. It would be. It would have been the equivalent if the Predators had not signed Philip Forsberg <laughs> over the off season, and he went to another team. And when they played that team that Philip Forsberg's on, he went out and scored a hat trick on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of was the same weird. situation. It was a little weird, but yeah. Um, the the good news is with the new the ownership that's going to be coming in with the next few years. You know, he, he's actually said, you know, I want to win a Stanley Cup. That, well, that I would be. hope he would want us to win a Stanley. Well, Cup. I I'm thought just that saying, was the like, whole point. It, I know, I know that Poyle is wants to win a Stanley Cup, but like you said, their whole mo is like, you know, they're content with making the playoffs it seems like and and that's uh, that's the the one good thing is things are probably going to be changing within the next couple of years but um yeah we might you know it'll be uh, he he'll come in and if Paul doesn't retire he might get rid of him i mean you just don't know so yeah i mean it makes you think for sure like what do you think Kyle? i know Kyle you're a, a Chicago Bears fan i'm sorry Rob Bears <laughs> but um what what do you get from it do you i mean we don't have to go into the titans perspective of it but like i mean you're you're seeing two completely different perspectives here from two franchises who reside in the same city uh, it's really a difficult thing because the NA, nhl and the nfl are so much different in terms of money mm. That's true. Um, so it, it's not as huge of a deal if the the Preds have a few bad games here and there, and the season's so much shorter. That, yeah, I think that has sure, a lot yeah. to do with it too. But I believe the the Titans was more of a knee jerk, except for the fact that they had drafted so poorly. Yeah, the last few years. Mm-hmm. I know they drafted that one offensive lineman that was a complete bust and then uh, some other stuff along those lines. And they think that there's stuff going on behind closed doors too, Mm. which we don't really – we're not going to speculate about that. But they think that there's some bigger things going on that might come to light later on. Some, you know, a power struggle, if you will, or maybe just some things that – but my point is – Yes, they're two completely different sports. One league plays 82 games. The other league plays 17 games. So, obviously, in the NFL, each loss is magnified. But I will say this. In the end results, you've got two teams who are pretty similar when it comes Mm -hmm. to being painfully average. Painfully average. They they make the playoffs. Both teams do. They make Mm -hmm. the playoffs. 
neither team has been a last place embarrassment. They plays for the first pick of the draft. So the fact that one team being the Titans did what they did is kind of eye opening. And I'm not saying it should impact what the Predators decide to do because you're talking about two different sports. All I'm saying is it's very interesting and it makes you think because there are plenty of diehard Predators fans. We know plenty of them who watch the show, who are fed up with Poyle. They're ready to move on. They're done with being average. They're done with being irrelevant. They're done with being a first-round step over team or yeah congratulations here's your participation trophy <laughs> for making the stanley cup playoffs take your ribbon and go home oh man that because that's what it feels like yeah it does yeah is that yeah. not what it feels like guys yes it is it, feel, it feels like we get the stanley cup playoff ribbon mm-hmm. not even the stanley cup playoff ribbon just like <laughs> Well, I mean, they're, they're the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, they yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. It's so. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said though about like the the short season that that the NFL has that that's probably just you know it you magnifies produce. things. You it magnifies produce. it. Yeah, it you know like with the NHL having the big longer season, it's not as obvious to the to the casual watcher. But um, NFL is a whole different. Uh, beast i guess all right guys let's do our central division power rankings battle for the central we have not done this in a while so it's going to be interesting we've passed the quarter mark of the nhl season so things are starting to kind of take shape a little bit i will say before we do our rankings that the sixth place team and the first place team are only separated by nine points (laughs) Um, the Predators are right now in fifth place with 26 points, 12, 9, and 2 on the season. They are tied with the Avalanche and the Coyotes for the fewest games played in the division. So they've got some games to make up to make up some ground over the teams that are currently ahead of them in the division. So that's good. That's a good thing. That makes you feel a little bit better. With that, uh, let's do our rankings here. I'll start. I think the Dallas Stars are the number one team in the division um, by far. Um, I can't I can't put a peg on the Avalanche right now because they're so injured. At full strength, I would probably put the Avalanche ahead of the Stars narrowly. But I can't go off of what ifs and if you had a fully strength team. I can only go off what I'm getting right now. So what about, what about the Jets? I've got we let me finish, Rich. <laughs> I didn't even finish my rankings like yet. You're already jumping down my throat. Said Dallas is number one. They are number one. All right, I guess. They're tied with the Winnipeg Jets for the same amount of points. What are you even talking about? I'm looking at this week. You're good. Go ahead. All right. I got I got I've got Winnipeg number two. I've got the Avs number three. Good Lord, Ridge, you're coming after me hard here. I am. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid to give. The, I'm afraid to give the rest of my rankings. I don't know how Rich is going to react here. Don't be afraid. We got the Winnipeg Jets apologist on the show here. I, I never would have thought yeah, that. All right. Really well, apparently. Stars number one, Jets number two, Avs number three, and this is where I really don't even know where to begin. Just throw all the teams in a hat and pick them 
But um, <laughs> you know, the, a team like the St. Louis Blues scares me. I feel like they're going to eventually figure it out and get hot, and they've already done that this season. They they've gone on waves. They'll mm-hmm. win five in a row. They'll lose four in a row. They'll yeah. Um, I'm going to put the Blues number four. I'm going to keep the Predators at number five. Killing me, Smalls. Wild number six, because I think head-to-head the Predators are better than the Wild. And they've proven mm-hmm. it. They've beaten the Wild plenty of times head-to-head. Coyote seven, Blackhawks eight. All right. There you go. All right. So, I did – I'm going to go backwards. I got Chicago at eight, Arizona at seven. No! All is right. I wrote down all is right. Chicago and Arizona are back at the bottom, just like they were last year. Mm-hmm. So I put St. Louis at six because I don't think they're playing all that great. And this is probably really going to kill you. I have Colorado at number five. The reason being is they've lost two and they are losing tonight to the to the Bruins. So with an AHL team, guys. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Now, now if they, you know, once they get their guys back, they'll figure it out as they always do. And I'm sure they'll get back on track, but um, so they're, getting, they're getting smoked though. They're getting smoked they are, right now. Four nothing. Four, four nothing. Yeah, Olmark's pitching the shutout. So um, I have Nashville at four. They're on a little win streak, but now with McDonough, you know that all is up in the air. I actually put Dallas third, hoping they're cooling off a little bit because they're um, five, two, and three in their last ten. But even even in the games <clears throat> they play really bad. They figure yeah. out a way to get a point. That's true. And that's the sign of a really good team. Yeah. So just judging from this, well, last week, Minnesota is on a four-game win streak. So I put them at two and Winnipeg number one. That's fair. Hey, I, I think putting Winnipeg number one is obviously totally fair. Yeah. They've come out of nowhere. No There's, one expect. they're one of the biggest surprises of the league, I would venture yeah. to say, because I think they were a middle-of-the-pack preseason team. Yeah. They're but seven, they're, three and 10 in their last, yeah. I mean, they're seven, three they're, and oh, in their last 10. That's. And Hey, good. we all know Connor Hellebuck was the, the main horse of that team going into the season. We were like, okay, if Winnipeg is going to be good, it's going to be because of Connor Hellebuck because yeah. he's obviously one of the better goalies in the league when he's locked in. And he's, I mean, he's, he's a Vesna caliber goaltender, of course, but I mean, they're scoring goals. They've got a plenty of goal scorers with Shifley, Dubois, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler is starting to get in on it. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. a lot of offensive talent. They're the exact opposite of the Predators in terms of offensive talent. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's let, we got to start taking them serious. There you go. So. <clears throat> I'll go and say the Blackhawks are deservedly where they should be in the basement. I thought you were going to say they're number one. <laughs> I thought you were start. I thought you were starting from the top. Up. No, no, no. We're going. And I was, I was like, Kyle, how drunk are you right now? I've had one beer. Okay, good to know. And it was a Weiss, so it's not like right, good to a know. Lot. All right, you didn't make um, the Blackhawks number one, so I don't have to be too worried about you. 
No. Uh, so then we'll go to the Coyotes. I'm going to put the Avalanche next. Good man. Just and, okay. I see power rankings as a what do you got this second? Yes. This we look second. at power rankings completely different on this show, but it's okay. It makes it fun. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to use another of my famous analogies. If you have a Ferrari and the engine kicks a rod out the side of the block, is it still is it still as powerful? <laughs> Absolutely. Because that is the Colorado Avalanche. That rod, that engine has done kicked a rod straight out the side of the block and they ain't doing nothing. They have no power. So thus they fall in the power ranking. Oh. All right. There you go. All right. Then I'll go with the Blues. Blues number five? Yeah. Yeah. Because right. the, they're, they could do something. They could not do something. Yeah. It's, they're in that mucky middle. Um, then I will go with. Where the ooh. hell do you put the Preds? I, I had the same conundrum, man. I was like, I don't even know where to put this team anymore. I mean, if you look at the last 10 games, the Preds and the Jets are 7-2-1 for Nashville and 7-3-0 and for mm-hmm. the Jets. So if you're going by the last 10 games, which I think would be suitable for a power ranking, they're in the top two of this division. Do I think they're in the top two of this division? Probably not. I, so no. I'm going to put the Wild in fourth just because I don't trust them. I just I don't trust the Minnesota Wild. I don't. Uh, we're we're on board with each other there. And then I will go with uh, Nashville, third. Good man. Um, man, I wasn't expecting the Jets to be as good as they are, but Connor Hellebuck is a perennial amazing goaltender. So if they put anything decent out in front of them, he's gonna. Connor is a Pekka Rene caliber goaltender, so mm. he can will a team that's probably not as good to win in a lot of games they shouldn't win. Um, but that said, I'm going to have to put the Jets in second, and I'm going to roll with the Stars as number one. I mean, Jason Robertson is having a year. Ottinger is having it. I mean, he's young, but, God, he's putting in work. Just – I hate saying this so much, and I apologize, Nikki, but this is the most painful thing I've ever said. I'll put Dallas Stars as my number one on this power ranking. You got to put the personal feelings aside. It is what it is. Facts is facts. Facts is facts. It was a pretty busy night in the NHL. Uh, as you see below, Bruins roast in the ass for nothing. Uh, As they should. Oilers are running the Coyotes out of the building 6-1. No surprise there. Uh, Rangers beating the Golden Knights 1-0. Canucks beating the Sharks 2-1. Capital. How about the Philadelphia Flyers? We're talking about a team that was surprising everybody to open the season, and now they're just a complete mess. Um, John Tortorella is not even taking questions in post-game press conferences and <laughs> pissing off the local media and – are, are we surprised by this? Couldn't no, even we're imagine. Not. 
the locker room conversations. And then the Sabres, the, Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres decided to bust out for nine goals to beat the Blue Jackets. And then the Minnesota Wild lose 5-3 to, yeah. the, to the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I so them. if you're looking at your standings right now, like I said, Preds are seven points out of first. They've played fewer games than everyone in the top three. So the Jets, Stars, and Wild have all played more games than the Predators. So you have to look at that. So the Predators are right there in it to make a move. Mm-hmm. Obviously losing Ryan McDonough hurts. So they're going to have to really dig deep here. Looking at the Pacific Division – the Vegas Golden Knights are starting to build a little bit of a division cushion here with 39 points. Seattle's in second. The Kings are in third in that division. Uh, then if you're going over to the Eastern Conference, which I think the Eastern Conference is hands down better than the Western Conference oh, top yeah, to bottom. Sure. It's not even close in my opinion. Uh, so you look at a team like Boston. Boston has four losses on the season if you're counting overtime. Mm-hmm. 23 and one and they're only three points ahead of second place yeah. that's crazy they've now, got the maple leaves right there on their heels now so. if you look in the metropolitan that's a whole other ball game right there that division's wide open wise. that yeah. division Bro. is so wide open jersey's got 43 and carolina's in second place with 34 Points. Yeah, but I could see that division getting closer as the season. Yeah, oh, goes on. yeah, absolutely. I could see Carolina making up that gap. I could see Pittsburgh hanging around. I could see the New York Rangers working their way back into it. Mm-hmm. The Rangers yeah. have been a huge disappointment. Igor Shesterkin has not been yeah. his normal self. Yeah, they started off pretty good, but um, yeah, I think your Stanley Cup winner is going to come out of the East. It's just a top to top to bottom. It's a much better division. Yeah, for sure. The games are actually really exciting. I watched the Boston uh, Vegas game the other night. That was that was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. It went to a a, a shootout actually, and Vegas won. But it was really good. Lots of action. Yep. Good game. Fun stuff, guys. It's great to have the crew back. It's been a really really fun, yep. exciting episode. Again, everybody, please hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube right now. Or if you're watching on Twitter, hit the follow button at Catfish Ice. Comment all of our posts, retweet, comment on the live shows. It helps the show grow. It helps us grow the Predators Hockey Talk. Um, We appreciate all of you on that. Uh, A couple things. Later this week, I will be doing uh, a Short episode with Mason, who covers the St. Louis Blues, ahead of the matchup with the St. Louis Blues. We're going to do a preview episode for Catfish and Ice this weekend ahead of that game. So that will be fun. So stay tuned for that. We'll put that on all the podcast platforms. Until then, the full crew will be back next week for a new episode as we get closer and closer to 2023, guys. This year flew by. (laughs) It's insane. Insane for sure, it really is. All right, guys, hope you all have a good night. Thanks yep. for watching, everybody. This has been Catfish on Ice episode 162. We will see you this weekend for a new episode, and we'll see you next week with the full crew back. Brought to you by DraftKings, a part of Hockey Podcast Network. Have a great night, everybody. Have a good one. See y'all.